Well, good morning, and once again, I forgot to move a cable, but we still have Roadmap to Heaven this morning, and I'm Adam Wright, and I'm still with you, and uh, it's a joy to be with you on this Thursday morning, October 20th. We have a wonderful show for you today, but first, let's give the day to our Lord in prayer. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today on Roadmap to Heaven, what do we have in store for you today? Well, we're going to continue to talk about the Focus C Conference. Now, you might be saying to yourself, why are you guys talking about this so much? Well, it's going to be that good, number one. But number two, it is the talk of the town. I was at a board meeting last night for one of the organizations I belong to, and even there, everyone was saying, we got we to gotta be part of this. we got to get on board with this. This has the potential just really, you know, God's going to work through this. And it's amazing to hear how God is working through the relationships of those who say yes. So we're going to hear from another person who has said yes to the Lord and said, you know, here I am, Lord, send me where you will. And that is Nero da Silva, the director of retreats for Focus. We're going to be hearing from him today. We also are going to continue talking with Doug Berry about breaking free of vices. And we're going to continue our conversation about the role of communication in a healthy marriage with Steve Wood. Plus, we have the fabulous Cataquiz and uh, the Daily Dose of Encouragement the weather, all of that, you know, everything you love about Roadmap to Heaven. So let's not delay. Let's get to it. Let's go now to Mike Roberts for a check of today's weather, the saint of the day. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Focus's own Nero da Silva. Today is the feast day of St. Maria Bertia Boscarden. Born in Italy in the late 19th century, her baptismal name was Anna Francesca, one of her priests saw holiness in Anna and suggested she give her life to the Lord, which she did at the age of 16, joining the Sisters of St. Dorothy of Vincenza, where she was given the name Maria Bertia. In her second year, Maria was sent to Treviso to study nursing at the hospital run by the Sisters of St. Dorothy. Initially, she was assigned as a kitchen aide, but eventually she served in the children's ward with those who had diphtheria, who were very ill, and who had mental illnesses. Maria would go on to serve the whole hospital. During World War I, she was fearless in her care for patients, in spite of the fact that the hospital was often the target of bombing. Maria had a devotion to St. Therese of Lisieux's Little Way, which was her constant guide in her ministry. She developed an inoperable tumor and died on this day in 1922. Huge crowds attended her funeral, and after her death, many miracles were attributed to Maria. With numerous family members in attendance, she was beatified in 1952 and canonized in 1961. St. Maria Bertia Boscarden, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Here's a question for everyone today. When is the last time you went on a retreat? Perhaps it was recently. Maybe it's been a while. It's something very important for us to do 
when possible throughout our life of faith. And, you know, with the Focus Seek Conference coming up, we have had the opportunity to connect with a lot of great people getting ready for that conference. And one of those uh, wonderful people is Nero De Silva, the director of Focus Retreats. Nero, it's so good to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. Thank you, Adam. So good to be with you. So give us a little bit of your background and how you came into this role with Focus. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, I am born to some Sri Lankan American immigrants. Uh, I'm a first generation here, and I converted to the Catholic faith actually in 2008 from atheism. And just through that whole experience, I just really came to realize that that Jesus is the answer. He's what I've always been searching for, and I just wanted to help all of my friends find him as well. So that led to me becoming a missionary with Focus uh, in 2012, and I worked with uh, Focus for seven years. I served as a team director and regional director with them, then actually left Focus and worked for the Diocese of Arlington. But just this year, my wife and I moved out to Denver, and I'm back with Focus working as director of Focus Retreats. Now, I want to ask this question for our listeners out there that might be saying, what is a retreat? They didn't go over this with me, but also uh, to ask about what kind of retreats Focus offers for those college students who are listening today. Awesome, yeah. Retreats are just a really great opportunity to get away and to really focus on the Lord and listening to His voice. Uh, retreats, I've just really been inspired in coming to this role and looking back to the Scripture and even looking at how Jesus did this. Um, Lots of times we just think of a retreat as getting away, but Jesus does do that. He takes it as an opportunity to get away, but He also uses these as really pivotal moments before entering into the next phase of His ministry. Um, We see Him doing this just before the Passion, when He goes into the Garden and takes time to pray. We see Him before He even begins His ministry in the desert, Uh, and I think all of these are kind of a him showing us that we need to take this time to just get away from the world, stop listening to all of these different voices, and just focus on him. And that's really what a focused retreat is as well. We really give students and parishioners as well as we grow our audience this chance to get away from just the cacophony of voices. I think now in our culture more than ever, there's just so many different voices vying for our attention. And we really need to unplug from some of those things and hear the one voice that really matters, which is the voice of Jesus Christ. One of my favorite things, Nero, that our Lord said is, by your fruits you shall know them. And I don't know about you, but every time I come back from a treat, I I can see fruit in my life. I can see it being a good thing. I wonder if you have, uh, do you have any success stories or or glory stories? I'm learning the lingo of focus here, some glory stories (laughs) of the work our Lord has accomplished in the hearts of college students on these retreats. Absolutely. Yeah, Focus Retreats, we've been running them for uh, about a decade or so, maybe a little bit more, but they've just had a huge impact. We've grown from just having one retreat that we offer to now having three retreats. We call all of them the Trinity Retreats. Um, And we've hosted this year, we're going to host about 2,500 students on retreat. And we just had one from California. Um, One of our retreats is called the Father's House. And on this retreat, they really focus on coming to a deeper understanding of their identity as a son or daughter of God. And one of the participants in California said, I was in a dry spot with my relationship with God and not knowing where I stood with him. And the setup of the Father's house brought me back again to the truth for who I am and who he is. And this is just so important. It's foundational for us as Christians is going back to that sense of identity. We've also had someone else this year. um, You know, this is obviously these students have... 
gone through a lot over these last few years with COVID. And one student said, the Lord healed the pain and sufferings left over from my depression and suicide attempts over COVID. He took all of it as kindling for his sacred heart and burned those memories with his love. And it was in him that I placed my forgiveness. Wow. Like, what else can we say? I know, (laughs) right? Where where do we go? (laughs) We we might as well just stop right here, but we're not going to. Here's here's the thing. I was just thinking about this. Uh, You know, I love the opportunity to go on retreat. I try to go at least once a year. And if I can't make a formal retreat, at least take some time to get away, uh, Mm -hmm. disconnect and whatnot. But I, I have to laugh, Nero, because in our society, how often do we get a hankering for something? It's like, I really want a cheeseburger right now, or I really want some yeah. chicken, right? And we like go across town to that place that has yeah. that one dish that we are just craving, and yet our hearts yearn for the Lord. And when it comes time to, well, go on retreat, uh, you know, I'm, I'm too busy with work, or I'm too busy with the family, or I've got this going on, or that going on. I get it. It's a sacrifice. It's a lot to take three days or four days out of our schedule to go and be with the Lord, but it is so worth it, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I think that's a great example of what you shared about all these different things that are calling to us, these cravings that we have. And I think that the reason that a lot of people don't take time for retreats is they get confused with what those cravings are, because I really do believe that the fundamental craving is that relationship with God. But the thing is, it's so easy to just distract ourselves with those other cravings that are temporal and will just fill a need immediately. Uh, And so, I mean, just think about how many times have you chased after one of those cravings, and then you find yourself wanting more later. I really believe that a retreat is that one thing, just as when the woman goes to Jesus at the well, he says, you know, I will give you water that satisfies, you know, this is where we will truly be satisfied. And so, I just really think it's so important in the life of a Christian to take that time to to not just fill up with those temporal things, those things that might satisfy us for a moment, but to take that time to listen to the Lord, listen to how He is calling us to be in relationship with Him, uh, and yeah, find yeah. satisfaction. And, and, and very clearly here, this is different from vacation. Vacation and retreat are two <laughs> different things, and often I find myself saying, wow, I need a vacation after that vacation, but I, yeah. I'm, what I'm really getting at is I need a retreat because I never come back from retreat and say, wow, I need I need a time to recover from that retreat. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's always a time of peace. Uh, so here's the other thing that's, that's beautiful, Nero. We're talking about going away for retreat, and sometimes that is possible, and praise God for that. Other times it's not, but it is possible to carve time in our daily living to maybe, you know, set the cell phone aside, turn the computer off, turn the TV or the radio off. Not right now during Roadmap to Heaven. Don't do it right now. Maybe after the show. Uh, and, and just kind of quiet our hearts and get away. And Focus has an opportunity for that coming up after the SEEK conference to just dive into the Scripture with a Bible study led by Dr. Edward Sree and Curtis Martin. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. It's just an amazing opportunity. So much of what Focus has done is about accompaniment and walking with people. And SEEK is an amazing opportunity that's going to really encourage and inspire, uh, but it can't just stay in that moment. Curtis, I was talking to him the other day, and he said, if the experience of SEEK dies after those five days, we failed. We really need things to continue to move forward through accompaniment. And Curtis and Dr. Sri believe in that so much that they want to help 
anyone and everyone, really, to do that. And so they're offering uh, a Bible study, uh, a 10-week Bible study, that they're going to take participants through the story of salvation. And there will be video content where you can watch and hear from these renowned scholars and evangelists uh, talking about how to see yourself in the story of salvation and how to bring that into your life. And then they encourage you to participate that not just on your own watching a screen, but to get a few friends, people in your parish and your community involved to watch it together and then host a little discussion after. And they'll have uh, different materials to be able to engage that uh, to really grow it as a community. Nero, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. We've got some important information we want to remind our listeners about again. And we've said it many times, but, you know, if you're like me, you need to hear it again. Seek.focus.org. If you are anywhere in striking distance of St. Louis, whether that's by car, railroad, airplane, boat, walking, I don't care. If you want to become a missionary disciple, if you want to grow deeper with our Lord and you have the time between January 2nd and 6th, go to seek.focus.org. There's a Making Missionary Disciples track for those of us who aren't college students. On social media, at Focus Catholic. No matter what social media platform you're on, at Focus Catholic, you'll find them there. Nero, this has been amazing, and I want to thank you for encouraging us to go on retreat. I look forward to connecting with everybody from Focus when you're in town. In the meantime, we do need to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven, so stay tuned. O Mary, Mother of God, who amid the tribulations of the world watches over us and over the church of thy Son, be to us and to the church truly Our Lady of Prompt Secour. Make haste to help us in all our necessities that in this fleeting life thou may be our succor. Help us to gain life everlasting, through the merits of Jesus thy Son, our Lord and Redeemer. Amen. We are ready for our catequiz today. So here is our catequiz question. Catequiz, not quatequiz. Catequiz. Question. Calumny, which we spoke about yesterday when we were talking about the litany of humility, calumny is a sin against which commandment? There's only 10 choices here, and you know the first three are about God. So it really narrows it down to seven. Calumny is a sin against which commandment? That's your clue. It's, it's either four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10. Do you know? The answer is the eighth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And it's also against the fifth commandment. See, a little trick question there, thou shalt not kill. Because with our words, as we've talked about before on the show, um, you know, we can really attack the dignity of someone's life with the power of our tongue. And we have to be ever mindful not to do so. It's very important that we are, are on guard against that. Why is this important? Well, you know, here's the thing. The analogy that so many have used, and I, I want to say it comes from St. Philip Neri, but it could really come from any saint. Say you're out there spreading all these calumnious lies about someone. Can you take them back? Can you go back to every last person who may have heard that and say, you know what, I was wrong, I made that up, I was angry, I was, you know, whatever your reason was, and get to every last person who may have heard what you had said and say just, so forget that, take it back, forget that I ever said it? No. It's like the toothpaste coming out of the tube. Once it's out of the tube, you really can't put it back. Or as the, the saint said, take a chicken and pluck the feathers and spread them all over town. Now, go get the feathers and put them back on the chicken. Well, I can't do that. Exactly. So be mindful of your tongue 
today. Be mindful of your tongue. Watch what you say about people. You don't have to give false flattery. You don't have to, uh, you know, you certainly don't have to lie. But you can always, always be charitable. And, you know, the that, that great rule, if you don't have anything nice to say, maybe don't say anything at all. We're going to take another break here on Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back, Doug Barry will be with us. We'll be talking about breaking free from vices and the role of humility in all of this. Stay tuned for more Roadmap to Heaven after this. Prayer before a crucifix. Good and sweetest Jesus, before thy face I humbly kneel, and with the greatest fervor of spirit I pray and beseech thee to fix deep in my heart lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true sorrow for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment, while I consider thy five most precious wounds, having before my eyes the words of David the prophet concerning thee, my Jesus, they have pierced my hands and my feet, they have numbered all my bones. All week long, we've been talking with Doug Berry about how we can break out of those vices in our lives. And yesterday we were talking about the gentleness of the Blessed Mother. You know, Doug, I use the image of my wife cleaning up the, the cuts or the scrapes on the kids and how I just pour the antibiotic right in there. Oh, it stings, Dad. And after that, naturally, there's a time that the Band-Aid has to come off. And again, my wife has the adhesive remover, and she's very gentle. And I just rip the Band-Aid off and say, look, it's got to come off. It's not going to be pleasant. It's going to hurt. So let's just get it over with and rip the Band-Aid off. It's not going to be easy to get out of these vices, and we might have to go to extremes. And dare I say, if you struggle with pornography, you don't keep a computer or a phone or a tablet in the bedroom or anywhere where you're alone. If you're struggling with gossip, you put that text messaging app away. You have a problem with sloth, you might have to get the TV out of your house. I don't know what it takes for you. I know sometimes what it takes for me. It really comes down to that question in the gospel, that image our Lord says, uh, it'd be better to have that hand cut off and flung into the pit than to go into the fires of Gehenna. And, you know, Doug, I can't help but think that we try to avoid that a little too much in our lives. The Yeah, the reality that we don't want to go to healthy extremes to get out of vice really flies in the face and is a contradiction to other areas of life where we love extremes. Sports is one of the best examples. Two-a-day practice when you're a high school kid. I remember being 14 years old, freshman year, two-a-day practice, show up at you know, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever it was, you're working out for a couple hours and you're, you're dying, you're sweating, you're, you're just, you know, just horrible, horrible drills in the hot days of August in Nebraska. I remember that. And then, of course, you're coming back in the afternoon and doing it again. And what do the parents do? Yeah, go get them, son. Get out there. Go get it done. All right. Now, down here in Texas, where I am, it's on another level of high school football. All right. They eat, sleep, breathe it. It's king down here on high school level. Their stadiums are massive for high school. We have no problem with those extremes. We have no problem watching our kids go through all kinds of, you know, some would call it abuse to become a better athlete. We put them in sports camps and we'll pay all kinds of money, extreme amounts of money sometimes to put our kids in sports camps, even when they're in grade school. 
to become a better soccer player. We appreciate extremes in other areas. We go to extremes in college in order to, well, extreme debt, I should say that too, you know, but we go to extremes with regards to how many years we study for this subject or that in order to become this or that. We understand that extremes that are uncomfortable, to put it that way, can be helpful, hopefully, because we're picking good topics to do this in. But when it comes to our faith or getting out of vice, why would we not see that connection? Going to the extreme of making sure that we're, we're taking steps to not be enslaved by a vice that can destroy us in this world and forever in the next is a smart thing. And that could be, as you named a few of them, uh, the internet, okay? Control that situation, have accountability with regards to the internet. We'll talk more about that in detail tomorrow, but the idea that I gotta go to extremes to make sure that that internet doesn't control me, okay? We have to learn to master our passions or they will master us. You have to go to extremes sometimes to be able to master your passions. Cooperating with God's grace always, always in humility, but going to those extremes. For example, if I want to get really healthy, then I got to go to the extreme of maybe fasting a little bit. If I want to get in, in better shape, I have to go to the extreme of setting up an exercise program. And of course, again, uh, there, there's, there's accountability to that we'll address in the future. But the extreme of taking the steps necessary to put something in place that is uncomfortable, that creates a discomfort to me, people just simply don't want to do. And I think in order for us to get to that point, Adam, of realizing that I've got to go to some extremes. Number one, I got to go back to day one and I have to realize the mess that I'm in and the examination of conscience that it took to realize how I got here. What are the origins of this mess? And then, then jump to here now, what extremes do I need to go to to get back at that point, get to that origin of the vice, the origin of the mess, so I can cut it off and I can kill it at its root. You can't just medicate the problem. You've got to try to get to the root of the problem and eliminate the problem. If I just deal with the top of the weed coming out of the ground, but never deal with the systemic issue of where it's coming from down underneath the ground, that weed's going to continue to grow. I can cut the top off all I want. It's going to continue to grow. But it's extreme sometimes to get to the root of that weed. It takes a little more effort, but it is a must. So I would say anybody out there who's struggling with going to extremes to change the scenario so they can get out of this vice you know, and again, some of the examples you gave about, you know, having the TV at a certain time, at a certain time, shut that TV off. Okay. We're just not watching TV anymore. I think you, you had mentioned when we were prepping for this, a priest who the news was a problem for him and he had to deal with that. He had to go to an extreme to shut the news off out of his life, to be able to deal with getting peace and quiet. I have um, met many people out there now, Adam, because the news has such a weighted heaviness to it they just won't watch more than 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day. The headlines. I want to know the headlines. I want to know if we're being attacked by North Korea. And if not, okay, then I'm fine. I'm moving on. Okay. But you've got to go to the extreme of not engaging and becoming engulfed in this too long. Don't be afraid of extremes, people. If they are extremes that move you out of the vice, and we'll talk more tomorrow about accountability and what steps can be taken in more detail. But those extremes, that extreme approach, we do it in many of the areas, business, school, sports, and we're perfectly fine with it there. We're extreme when it comes to making money and investing. We've got to be okay with extremes and in investing in those things that get us out of vice. If I was one of the Marx Brothers and this were television, a while back you would have seen a, a duck fall from the ceiling right over my shoulder because Doug Barry said the magic word or the word of the day. 
Uh, he said fasting. And Doug, uh, before we cut this off here, or before we let you go, I want to bring that up for a minute because one of the things that's going to make this easier, if you, you see that vice in your life and you say, all right, I do need to rip the Band-Aid off. I just need to get rid of this cold turkey so that it's not around. If we're practicing fasting in our everyday spiritual disciplines, you know, whether it's cold showers every day or you know, skipping that second cup of coffee, whatever it may be, some yes. act of fasting every day united with our prayer, we're going to be in a lot better position to root these things out and remove those things that we do have to rip out of our lives in this extreme manner. You know, on that point, Adam, I'll say this, you know, and I, and I say this just to encourage people is I try to do something at least six days a week that is challenging and difficult, body, mind, and soul. And it's a form of fasting at times, whether it's intermittent type fasting or I'm, I'm eating a meal 30 minutes later, I'm eating half of the meal that I would have eat, eaten. You know, I don't put the salt on it. You know, you find something that's, dis, that's a discomfort for you there. You sacrifice and offer that up. It's a way to keep yourself sharp. You've got to keep yourself mentally, spiritually, physically in a position that allows you to be on your best game, you know, as the saying goes. And how do you get spiritually on your best game to deal with vice? You master the physical passions as a key way to connect to the spiritual passions. They do interact, and this is something that's important. If you can master, you know, what you're putting in your mouth, when it, you know, the mouth is not just a dumping ground for anything that tastes good, all the sweets and the candies of life. It is there to nourish the body, but it's also there to control and master so that you're not just eating all the time. If you can control and master your appetite in those areas, that's a key because that's one of the most basic things that God gave us is the desire to eat food. We want to eat, right? It's part of procreation. That's how you live. You have to eat, have to sustain your life. Mastering and controlling that and not letting control you can translate very powerfully into mastering the vices as well. Some think it's extreme. Six days a week, well, yeah. I mean, sometimes I fast more extensively and sometimes it's simple. You know what? I'm going to stop right here and not eat that extra chip. I'm cutting it off right here. Lord, I'm offering this up as a sacrifice. I'm done. You know, I mean, you can find many ways. And I think you had mentioned earlier somewhere in this, this week, not putting the extra sugar or cream in your coffee. Maybe just drink it black or put a little less in. You know, even though you might have that sign like I do that says, I like a little coffee with my sugar and cream. All right. No, reverse that. The, the saints would put ash on their food sometimes to kill the flavor, even though they needed the sustenance and the nutrition of it. So we can get creative in how we sacrifice and fast and offer things up. That will translate to helping us spiritually. All right. Well, Doug Barry, we're going to wrap this up tomorrow. Until then, uh, I want to thank you for this encouragement to go to extremes today. Amen, brother. Active contrition. Oh, my God. I am heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins, because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all, because I have offended thee, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve, with the help of thy grace, to confess my sins, to do penance, and to amend my life. Amen. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. Let's stop on this Thursday for a daily dose of encouragement. This week, Patty Schneier is sharing with us thoughts on the Mass for our school-age children. Well, today I want to talk about 
one of the most important parts of the Mass and ask all of our student listeners, our children listeners, to say, what are you doing at this moment, at the moment of the consecration? Very important moment. What to do with your body, what to do with your heart, what to do with your thoughts. I want to encourage you to look at Jesus. Look at Jesus in the sacred host. Think of yourself literally at the foot of the cross. You are at Calvary. And right now I want to ask you, so what would you say to Jesus as he hung on the cross for you if you could be at the foot of the cross? Well, spiritually, you've just been transported. Here's what I say at the moment of that consecration in the moment where the priest is lifting up the host. I say, I love you, Jesus. I'm sorry for my sins. Thank you for dying for me. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Maybe you just say the words of St. Thomas and say these words in your heart, my Lord and my God. Maybe you make a simple proclamation of faith. That's, that is a simple proclamation of faith just by saying my Lord and my God. It's a simple act of hope. Here's one. Jesus, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And a simple act of love. You could say, Jesus, help me to love you more and more. All of these very simple phrases. But in your heart, when that host is lifted up, what do you want to say to our Lord? You are literally at Calvary. You're under the cross. He's being lifted up before your eyes. Say a little prayer of love to Jesus at that moment. What a wonderful moment it is. Truly a gift for each and every one of us. Patty, I want to thank you for this encouragement. I want to thank uh, listener Tony. He knows who he is, who wrote in after the catechist today and said, that it could also, calumny, in addition to being a sin against the Eighth Commandment and the Fifth Commandment, could also be a sin against the Seventh Commandment, thou shalt not steal, because you could be stealing the person's reputation. And so uh, thanks, Tony, for listening today, and thanks for offering that for us. As I told him, I'll allow it. As, as the catechism master on the show, I will allow it today. But uh, we're happy to have you all with us each and every day. We'd like to remind you that tomorrow night, if you are in the St. Louis area, there is a solemn holy hour for vocations uh, at Ascension Church in Chesterfield beginning at 6.30 p.m. with the rosary, exposition of the Blessed Sacrament at 7 p.m. with benediction, and then a social afterwards. Now, yesterday I was at a meeting for the vocations group I belong to, and you know, coming up in November, November 6th through 12th, is National Vocations Awareness Week, and we were talking about different things that we were going to promote as a group, but one of the things we mentioned was that there are plenty of things that everyone could do at their parish, and so I'm going to use Ascension here as an example. Perhaps you could talk to your pastor about having a holy hour for vocations sometime during the week of November 6th through the 12th. Now, it doesn't have to be on a Friday night at 6.30. It could be you know, depending on the demographic of your parish, if you have many people who come to adoration during the day, you could have a solemn holy hour during the day. You could have it on another night of the week. If a solemn holy hour isn't possible, perhaps those of you that go to daily mass could coordinate praying the rosary in community together after mass for vocations that young men would answer the call to the priesthood and that, you know, that we would have Generous young men continue to answer that call. Every seminarian I've met in the last couple of years is just an outstanding example of that generosity, that saying, God, you might be calling me to the priesthood, so I'm going to 
follow your will, and I'm going to go to seminary and discern. And it's a beautiful thing. But we have to pray for them. We have to pray that the young men would hear, that those that God is calling, that they would hear his call. So just two ideas for you as we get closer to National Vocations Awareness Week. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Our Lady Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons pray for us in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen pray for your children pray for your grandchildren nieces nephews godchildren neighbors kids kids you see in the parish that they would respond generously to whatever god's calling them to in life we all have a vocation and we need to know how to live it each and every day for covenant network i'm adam wright thank you so much for listening to roadmap to heaven today pray your rosary